Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hebrews chapter 5, beginning at verse 11. Of whom we have much to say and hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for the privilege of speaking your word, of reading your word, of being able to gather here on this morning to be able to receive from you a message, a word, that will help encourage us, build us up, empower us, and edify us for the continuing work of Jesus Christ here in the earth. Now, Lord God, I am your servant, and as John the Baptist said, I must decrease in order that my Lord Jesus Christ might increase. Increase and move in this place and take full authority by the power of your Holy Spirit, by the, by the work of your Holy Spirit. For it is written that it is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. And so this morning, Holy Spirit, I acknowledge my limitations. I acknowledge my, my inability to do all or say all or understand all that is written in the word of God. But that's why I call upon you, because Jesus promised us that you would guide and teach and lead us unto all truth. And the word of God is true. So speak to us through me this morning, Holy Spirit, for I am nothing in order that you may be all that there is and there is nothing more because you alone are God. And I worship you on this morning and give you glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And thank you, Lord. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. As I read this, I, the, the thought came to mind, uh, the, the thought for the title of this message, and, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give you that right now, and then we'll reiterate it again later on. And after all this time, don't you think it's time to grow up? After all this time, don't you think it's time to grow up? If I were to ask you, who Sir James Matthew Barry was, you'd probably look at me with blank stares, not knowing that he was a Scottish dramatist, a dramatist who moved to London to pursue his interest in becoming a playwright. But if I mentioned the character he created, you'd recognize the character right off. He wrote the book entitled Peter Pan in 1904. Peter Pan was the boy who wouldn't grow up. 
Peter Pan lived in Neverland and hung out with characters like Tinkerbell, Parent Little Fairy, Wendy, and his arch nemesis, the infamous Dr. Hook, Captain Hook. No doubt some of you, when you were children and saw Peter Pan for the first time, entertained notions of wanting to be like him, never growing up and flying wherever you wanted, whatever you desired. While Wendy grew up, raised a family, grew old, and eventually died, Peter and his folks of Neverland, and the folks of Neverland remained the same. This sounds like a story, but how many of you know people you grew up with whose behavior is the same as it was when you were children? When you began a conversation with them, they sound as if they refused as if they refuse to progress beyond their childhood days. And you think to yourself while trying not to show your amazement at the lack at their lack of maturity, is this is he for real or is she for real or I've got to get away from here quick, fast, and in a hurry. The Apostle Paul, I'm reminded, says this when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, he said, I put away childish things. The thought of someone your age still thinking and behaving like a child is too much to take in. But it's true. Many today would rather sit around day after day and play video games for hours rather than go to school, get a decent education start a business or get a job and be responsible adult citizens. You can't tell them they need to get a job because they get upset and they go off on you saying you're nagging them. But King Solomon has an answer for that. He says, he who tills his land will be satisfied with bread, but he who follows frivolity is devoid of understanding. In other words, wise people work hard while fools waste time. No one remains a child forever unless they are mentally handicapped and function at a diminished capacity. Last year, I prayed, I prayed to the Lord and for, the, for the theme of our second church anniversary, which was in September, and what I received was building on truth, the word of God. And that's based on John 17, 17, where it says, Sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is true. In November 2015, I began this series on Hebrews entitled The Superiority of Jesus Christ. We saw how Jesus Christ was superior to the prophets of old, how he was superior to the angels, to Moses and Aaron, Aaron and Moses' uh, brother of Moses, and the first high priest of Israel, and his superiority, his superior ability, rather, to give those who trust in him rest. The latter came from in the form of a warning, and it was actually the second warning uh, that the Hebrew writer had given to the recipients of this epistle. In fact, uh, today we encounter a brief deviation from our teachings on the superiority of Christ in order that we might focus on those to whom the Hebrews author had addressed this epistle. The author of this epistle had barely begun to begun his consideration of the topic of Melchizedek's priesthood of the Melchizedek priesthood of Christ, but he felt it necessary to pause to issue a third warning before continuing. This was because the of the immaturity and sluggishness of his audience 
which had made him wonder how much teaching they could receive before before becoming overwhelmed. Many of you know today, as I do, that no matter but that no matter how much you want to teach somebody, they have to want to be a want to be taught. You can give as much information as you want, but if they don't avail themselves of the information, if they don't have the right mindset, if they refuse to do the thing that you that they need to do in order to learn, that is settle down focus, listen, and hear what is being said, and then take it in and then process it and try to get a deeper understanding of what is being said in order that it may make sense to them and they may apply it to their lives. No one likes to stand before people and teach and teach and teach, and then they still walk around like children. Like they just don't get it. Like the light doesn't come on. No doubt, he hoped to motivate them to greater attentiveness to the truth he wanted to teach them. But at the same time, he wanted them to face head on the danger of remaining where they are. No man, no woman should ever want to stay right where they are. They should always want to strive to become better than where they are, to grow and mature and to develop into more of a human being and, and to grow into more of a of a person that can be can at least contribute greater things to society, that the, to the society that they live in, to their nation, to help build up their nation, to cause their nation to grow and not diminish and become nothing, fall apart. Many people who don't get an education, who refuse to get an education, they can't see it with their children, but as they get older and, they, and then life starts to pass them by and they begin to realize that they can't make it, they need a job, they need an education in order to make it, they don't do it. And but by then it's almost too late. But let me tell you this, I use the word almost because it's never too late to learn. It's always Learning is always a possibility. It's always a timely uh, activity to engage in. But there's nothing more disheartening than to pour out everything that you are to, to someone hoping that they will grasp it and they will run with it and that will make them a better person or people. So at the same time, he wanted them to face head on the danger of remaining where they are, where they were, since this could lead to to going back to Judaism. But let me just put a pin in here, because if you remain where you are, that means you will not go forward. That means you will be left behind. That means that you cannot get a meaningful job, nor can you create your own business, because you don't have the intellectual understanding, the knowledge, the capability to do those things. Only through educating yourself and preparing oneself can one move forward in, in life and be productive. I don't want to have the Peter Pan complex. I don't want to stay a child forever. I want to experience life as an adult. I want to go through those stages of development that, that um, Eric Erickson talks about. 
from the infancy to the toddler to the you know to the preschooler to the to the, the school and the high school and, and so forth and so on and going and getting old. I want to go through those that process. I don't want to stay where I am. When I was in my career, I always found myself studying. Always because I didn't want to stay where I was. I wanted to grow. I wanted more out of life. I wanted to achieve more. Even today, even today, though I am retired, I still want to achieve more. I don't want to stay where I used to be. Staying where I used to be means I'm not growing and I'm not developing and I'm not progressing. And no one should want to sit around playing video games all day. No one should want to stand on the corner all day talking, eating, eating potato chips and asking for money or drinking a pop and just talking and shooting the breeze. No one should want to just hang out at a club every time the door opens. No one should just want to stay where they are. They should always want more. And that's why Jesus came into the world, so that we can have more than what we are. In other words, he came to make us more than we can be. But we can't do it if we don't avail ourselves of what he has to teach us, to give us. You can tell I'm compassionate. I'm not emotional about this. I'm just compassionate about it. I'm passionate about it because it's because your life depends on your ability to grow up and mature. No one should want to sit on a dead-end job where there's no upward mobility. You should always want to move up higher. You should always look for better uh, opportunities to grow and, and, to, and to develop and, to, and, and just advance in your career. You should never want to stay the same. You should not walk around with the Peter Pan complex. What I love about this message to the Jewish Christians is that it holds true not just in Christianity but also in every facet of a person's life. You have a job, and that job offers you the opportunity for upward mobility. Why would you stay right where you are? I understand there are some people, but there are others who can move up. Unless your gift is right where you are and you're satisfied with that, but even in that gift, even in what you are good at, you always, you always, you, you should ought to want to anyway and elevate and grow and, and, and become even greater in that which you have, when you, when, where your gift is. Don't stay right where you are. So this morning, I just want to talk to you from the title. After all this time, don't you think it's time to grow up? Don't you think it's time to, to, to mature, to get better, to conquer more things? And let me just say this. I believe that every man and every woman, every boy and every girl in America and around the world should have the opportunity to be educated. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you're from. Every human being ought to be ready, ought to be educated. Every human being. So in our text, there are four important observations 
are three important observations, rather, in addressing immaturity. The first one is the mark of spiritual immaturity. We want to identify the marks, those things that are characteristic of immaturity. The second is the call to spiritual maturity. That is, you have got to, you're going to have to apply yourself, and you're going to have to move beyond where you are and learn, stay, and get into the Word of God and not just sit there and say, well, I'm a Christian, and that's it. You need to grow. And then the third is the basis for spiritual security. You understand that immaturity, once you know what, the, what is causing you to be immature in your faith, then you learn what it is to be spiritually mature in your faith. Then and only then can you be secure in your faith. And that is you can stand before anybody, and if anybody says anything to you, you can give an answer or you can stand and give a defense for why you believe what you believe. But if you don't learn about your faith and why you are a Christian, then you can't defend it when people come and challenge your, your faith. And I'm not saying violently, like some, like some cultures do. We don't believe that violence is the way in Christianity. We don't believe that violence is the way to deal with our problems. Because when we exact violence and when we try to force people to force something on people, then what we are really saying is that we are in, we don't have the intellectual ability. That means we are incapable of explaining with any degree of detail why we believe what we believe. And so we revert back to being children. We get angry and we strike out at people. We cut people's heads off. We shoot people. We stab people. We beat people with bats and things like that. We cuss them out. We, say, we do all manner of things, and we do that out of frustration. And that frustration is because of our ignorance or because of our really unwillingness to learn and be mature. So we are immature. A child strikes out. But a grown-up, a mature person, understands and practices and, and tries to explain. Now, when you're talking to a fool, you, are, you really have a lot to deal with. You need to recognize it, and then you need to cut it off because a fool cannot receive wisdom. They will take it there like pigs. You can wash them up, and you can wash them with the word, and let them go, and they're going to go right back to the mud. It's like a dog returning to its vomit. No matter what you say, no matter what you do, they will not be able to understand it because that way, that is the way of the fool. Now, let's talk about the marks of, this, of spiritual immaturity. And I don't know if we'll get any farther than this today because it's 11.32 right now, but we'll deal with as much of it as we can. Mark, the mark of spiritual immaturity, verses 11, chapter 5 of Hebrew, verses 11 through 14, and here he says, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Listen, one mark of spiritual immaturity means is lack of understanding. And the Hebrew writer put it this way, dullness toward the word of God. These believers, and, and, he, and, and the reason he's saying this, 
uh, of whom we have much to say, is he was drawing the comparison back in verse 10 of Jesus' uh, ministry being as, from being as that of Melchizedek without an end, eternal and continuous. And so, but, but to teach them that, he said, would be very difficult because they were not intellectually capable of understanding it. Why? Because they were still dull, because they were dull towards the word of dull of hearing. These believers started on their backward journey by drifting from the word, and we talked about in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, and then doubting the word in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7 through chapter 4, verse 13. So as a result, they were now dull of hearing. That is, they were unable to listen to the word. They were unable to receive the word, and, the, and they were not able to act on the word. Listen, notice the progression. You have to first be able to listen to the word, and then you must be able to receive the word, accept it in, and then and only then can you truly apply the word to your life, to act on the word. They did not have the attitude of the Thessalonians, who said, where Paul says, but this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you receive it, he's talking to the Thessalonians, when you receive the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, so you have to have the right kind of heart to receive, but you received it as it is in truth the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. That word effectual in its base simply means that it is capable of producing the kind of results representative of the word that you receive. So the word was effective, the word was effective or capable of producing or able to produce in them its desired effect because the people received it. You have to receive it. A fool cannot receive the word of God. They think you're talking about them. They think it's holy rolling stuff. They think it's all that of things. But listen, there is coming a time. There is coming a time where they will not have the opportunity to receive this word, and they will they will hunger for this word, but it will be too late. One of the first signs of spiritual regression, that is backsliding, that is returning and pushing or walking away from God and the word of God, is a dullness toward the Bible. If you don't want to study, if you don't want to read, if you don't take the time to give yourself to the reading of the word of God, as a believer, you will not grow. Your internal man, your spiritual man, your soul will not grow, and you will be a baby. You will be a baby. But even a baby would want something. You understand what I'm saying? But you will come worse than a baby because you don't want you don't want anything. So the problem is, so Sunday school class is dull to you. The preaching is dull to you. Anything spiritual becomes dull to you. That that is a sure sign of you walking away or turning your back on God 
and going back to where he delivered you from, if he in fact did deliver you from your past. No one in their right mind would want to go back to living the way they were, living in the slum, dodging bullets, shooting up, snorting, cocaine and heroin and, and, and all manner of other things, sleeping out on the street, still doing this and doing all manner of filthy things, robbing and raping and doing Who would want to do that once they've been delivered from it? Can't you understand? Don't you understand? Did you not realize the freedom? that you had, the peace that you had when you turned your back on those things and you gave your life to Christ, oh, glory to God. You could, you could, you would know it. No one wants to go backwards. I never wanted to go backwards in my career. I always wanted to go forward. Why? Because there are greater and more imaginable things and, and more adventurous, more adventurous Moving forward, I can gain more. I can, I can help more people. The more knowledge I gain, the more experience I get, I can reach back and I can help somebody. But if I stay where I am, if my presuppositions, my views of life remain right where they are, right in this neighborhood, and it doesn't progress beyond that, then I can't be of help to anyone. Even the people in the neighborhood that I'm growing up with might be like me, but some are not going to be like me, and they want to move out of there, and they want to go forward. I grew up in the ghetto. I know what it's like to want to be out of it. I know what it's like to get away from it. I'm so happy that I'm not in it anymore because I'm tired of it. I was tired of it. People being shot, people being killed, people being cut up with broken bottles, all manner of things happening. I'm so glad that God moved me out of that place. And because I've been around, and, and, and I've been over in Europe, and I've been over on the West Coast, and I've been some places now, Pergada, Egypt, Genesis, Saudi Arabia, Ishmael, Turkey, uh, Ephesus, Turkey, other places around the globe. I have experience now, and I can reach back now, and I can help others who want to be helped. Why? Because I've been to France, I've been to Spain, I've been to Italy, I've been to these places, I've been to... Iceland, I've been to these places. I understand a little bit more about life. And so I can give back. I've been to Cuba. I can help people. But if I stay in my neighborhood, if I stay a child, I will never be able to help people coming up behind me. So the problem is usually not with Sunday school, nor the teacher, nor the pastor, but it is with the believer himself. They always find a reason. They always find an excuse for why they can't do something or why they won't do something and why something doesn't make sense to them or why it's boring. It's because the problem doesn't lie with the people, with the excuses they give, but because but the excuses point to the reason for them not being able to do what they to receive, and that usually means it points to themselves. They don't want to grow up. They want to stay the same. They want somebody to continue to do for them. And it just does not work that way. Life does not work that way. You you may remain as infant in your in your thinking, but let me tell you something. You are missing out on so much more. 
The mark of spiritual immaturity, number one, is the dullness toward the word of God. The second mark is the inability to share. The, the, that's verse 12, 12a, where he says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, <laughs> oh glory, you need someone to teach you again the first principle of the oracles of God. Listen, the ability to share spiritual truth with others is a mark of maturity. Not all Christians have the gift of teaching, but all can share what they learn from the Word. One of the hardest lessons children must learn is the, is the lesson of sharing. The recipients of this letter have been saved long enough to be able to share God's truth with others. But instead of peace, but instead of, of helping others to grow, guess what? These Hebrew Christians were in need of someone teaching them again the very simple teachings of the Christian life. They were, in, they were experiencing a second childhood. Who wants to experience a second childhood? I don't. I always want my faculties. I always want to be able to think for myself, to be able to do for myself. I understand that I'm going to get old one day, but even in my old age, I want to be able to think for myself, to say what I want and what I don't want, where I want to go and where I don't want to go. And I want to be able to get up and do it myself. I don't want somebody telling me what I can't do when I know that I have the ability to do it. And I, can, and I have the intellect to do it. And I have God to lead and guide me by his spirit. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. I don't need someone telling me what I can't do. Tell me what I can do. Show me how I can accomplish something. Too many people try to tell me what's best for me. Let me just know who I am and then point me in the direction that will help me develop that, what, that which I am more interested in. Don't try to tell me what I can't do. Help me to do what I want to do. As long as it's within the law and it's helping me to grow and I can reach back and help somebody else grow and develop. So, nobody wants to experience a second childhood. Here's the, here's the, the, the third, if you will, uh, mark of, a, uh, of an immature Christian. And that is, they, they, their diet consists of baby food. Their diet consists of baby food. Milk is pre-digest food, and it is specially suited for babies. But only those who have teeth can enjoy meat. The Hebrews also defines the milk as the first principles of the oracles of God. Verse 12, the meat of the word which is, is the teaching of our Lord's ministry now in heaven as our high priest. The author wanted to give this meat to them, but they were not ready for it. The milk of the word refers to what Jesus Christ did on the earth. That is his birth. That is his life. That is his teaching. That is his death and his resurrection. The meat of the word refers to what Jesus Christ is now doing in heaven. What is he doing? He is interceding on behalf of believers. What is he doing? He is moving in the hearts of believers to win people to him. He is building his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus Christ is saving souls. 
people. He's doing all manner of things. Christ, uh, glory, the meat of the word of God is what he is doing in heaven. We begin, we begin the Christian life on the basis of his finished work on earth. We grow in the Christian life on the basis of his unfinished work in heaven. He's still working. Jesus says, my father works and I work. Of course, even the maturest adult never outgrows milk. I like milk. Trust me. When I'm sitting down eating cookies or, and I'm eating something sweet or people pie or something, I, I like my milk and cookies. I'm, I'm just here to tell you, I, there's still a little boy in me, but let me tell you something. I like my milk, and you should not outgrow your milk. And I always go back to the Word of God. Even when I prepare for my sermon, even if, I, if I'm in chapter 20 or 15, I always go back. I've made it my point to go back to the first chapter of the book that I've been studying, and I read all the way up to and including what I'm going to be ministering on the following Sunday. That's what I do. And I do it multiple times because I can't, it's impossible for me to understand every single thing that I read. But the Spirit of God revealed to me what I need to know at that particular time in that in those particular passages of Scripture. I must, you must understand that it's okay to go back and read and reread to remind yourself of where God brought you from and how you got to where you are now. There you never outgrow milk. So as believers, we can still learn much from our Lord's work on earth. That is the milk. But we cannot stop there. As I have been saying, ever since I stood up here and began the ministering, we must never stop learning. My wife is, and, and, I, and, and she is kind of like my role model, if you will. I watched her as we were having children, as our family started to grow, and she was in school in college, just trying to get her undergrad, and she worked and she persevered, and right after the baby, our last son was born, she got up and went back to school and finished her degree, and then we shifted to Washington, well, we moved around some more, but then we ended up in Washington State, and then she said, I still want to go to school, so she continued striving and striving, and she went to the University of Washington, and she got her master's degree. And then she said, I'm still not finished yet. I see there's still more I need to learn. And so she went to Argosy, and now she has a doctor. And guess what? She's back in school again, learning. You never, ever should stop learning. You should never, ever stop having the desire to learn. I think there's someone else that really amazes me, and that's Ronnie Zacharias. I listen to that brother, and he is deep, he is heavy. He studies, and he prepares, and he is ready, and he's able to stand, and he's able to expound the word of God. And I admire him so much for that. This brother learns, and he applies, and he studies, and he, that's what was that. And, and so he, he still goes back to the baby food of what Jesus did on the earth, but he has taken it to this level of maturity far exceed mine at this point, but just at this point. I'm getting there because I'm not stopping. I need the word of God. I hunger for the word of God. I desire the word of God. I, I have to have the word of God, and I want it for my life. I want to eat it without stopping. 
You know how you like ladies potatoes if you can't eat just one. I don't want to just stop at one passage of scripture. I want to know what God's word says and so that I can grow in my growth and my walk with him, that I can please him by leading others according to his word and not according to what I think, but according to what his word says. So as believers, we can still learn much from the Lord's work on earth, but we cannot stop there. We must make spiritual progress, and we can do this only if we learn about Christ's priestly ministry for us in heaven. But I hope that this is helping you. Here's another mark of an in, uh, of, uh, the last and final mark, if you will. I believe, I think, uh, yeah. It is, it's verse 14, and it is uh, of, an, of immaturity, and it is unskillful in using the word of God. That's another indicator, if you will. I call it Mark, an indicator of, of, of spiritual immaturity, and it is you see, unskilled, that a person is unskilled in the use of the word of God. As we grow in the word, we learn to use it in daily life. As we apply the word, we exercise our spiritual senses and develop spiritual discernment. It is a characteristic of little children, if you will, that they lack discernment. I, that's what I love about Paul. When I was a child, I, I, what is it? I, I, uh, I, I, what is it? I spoke as a child. I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childhood things. He could understand the childish things, but when he grew up, he not only he did not forget the childish things that he that he learned, but that he grew up and matured, and now he is able to understand their better and deeper concepts and ideas, and 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 move forward with them, or principles, and move forward with them. A baby will put anything into his mouth. An immature believer will listen to any preacher on the radio or television and not be able to identify whether or not he is true to scriptures. You've got to learn the scriptures for yourself. That's what I love about Paul in, in, in uh, Acts chapter 17, right around the 11th verse. Turn there, if you will, please, very quickly. Acts chapter 17, right around that 11th verse. And Paul Paul is teaching, and he's, at, he's, uh, he's in Athens, and he's teaching. Well, actually, he's in Berea and he's talking, and he's teaching. And this what the Bereans did. Then the Bereans immediately um, sent Paul, I'm sorry, then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived there, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. There were more Fair-minded, they were more fair. These were rather were more fair-minded than those in uh, in Thessalonica, in that they received. Uh, don't miss that. In that they received the word with all readiness. They were eager to hear the word of God. They were eager to hear what Paul had to say from the word of God. They were eager to hear what he had to say. And they were ready for it. And they searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed and also not a few of the Greeks. 
prominent women as well as men. Listen. When you hear the word of God, when you hunger for the word of God, you don't just take anybody's word for it. I don't want you to just take my word for it and, and run with it like it's the gospel I, I, I'd like for you to, but I also want you to understand that no matter how much I study and how much God reveals to me, God is still in the revealing business, and he can show you something that he didn't show me that will help you take what, I, what he has given me and, and, and build on it. God, no one wants to just take the word. No one should just take the word of anybody and just go with it. There are some people that you can trust that way. On my job, there were men and women that worked for me. That uh, They were the professionals. They were the experts in those various areas. And I knew what questions over time, because of my years of experience, I knew what questions to ask regarding particular things. But they had to answer me, and then once they answered me, I was comfortable with their answer, and I went with them. I trusted them. There is a certain amount of trust with those that you are familiar with, but you always still must go to the Word and learn for yourself. Just as our physical bodies have senses without which we cannot function, so our inner spiritual man has spiritual senses. For example, the song says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. But blessed are ye, are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. As we feed on the word of God and apply it daily in our life, our inner spiritual senses get their exercise and become stronger and they become keener. Paul calls this process exercising ourselves unto godliness. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. And it's 1155, and I'm going to stop right here. We will continue this, this fourth, uh, uh, fourth um, characteristic, if you will, of, of immaturity or mark of immaturity. So if there's anyone here who does not know the Lord and the forgiveness of their sin, God is ready right now to turn your situation around. And a man, and a woman, and a boy, and a girl. The question is, if God were to call you right now, can you honestly say that you're ready to go and be with the Lord? If not, if I were you, I'd make that decision today. Secondly, if you're if you're looking for a church home and the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to you to become a part of this ministry, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to work. This is the place I want to call home on my way to my heavenly home. Then we welcome you. Thirdly, if you're a backslider and you want that joy restored in your life, I'm here to tell you God will restore the joy. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. He will do it, and he will do it now. Fourthly, if you are looking for the, if you are seeking the fullness of God's holiness, the fullness of God's Holy Spirit, the Bible says the day that you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. God will give to you the desires of your heart. I can promise you that. Finally, if you are, Fourthly, fifthly, rather, if you're in need of prayer, we believe that God answers prayer. Please come to the altar. Let us pray for you. Let me pray for you. And as to pray the word of God over your life and that you may grow and become more mature and stronger in your faith in Jesus Christ. Finally, if you're away from your church home, you're here in school or you're here because you have a job, but you're planning to return to your home church, please become a part of Jesus Christ Ministries Global. Watch their program so that we can watch over your soul 
And then when you finish what your assignment is here, you can return home to your home church and help your pastor fulfill the vision that God has called him or her to. In any of these six areas, we welcome you. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for your loving kindness. We thank you for your sensibility. We thank you for the beauty of your word. We thank you for the the immutability, the unchangeableness of your word. We thank you, God, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there is none, God, there is none like you. You alone are holy. You alone are worthy. Now sanctify this word that has been preached unto us under the anointing of your Holy Spirit, that it may deeply pray itself within our spirit inner man, our spirit man, and our soul, that we may grow thereby and be stronger in our walk and our confidence in who we are and whose we are, and in you, our God and our Lord. It is in the name of Jesus that we pray and give thanks. Amen. Well, it is offering time. It's time to worship the Lord in our giving. This morning, as we prepare to give our tithes and offerings, we want to give cheerfully, for the Bible says that God loves the person who gives cheerfully, and will generously give all, or will generously provide rather all that you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. We thank God for His Word. Amen. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.